Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week, we're checking out the new NBC comedy competition series, Bring the Funny. So stay tuned to the end to see if we bring the funny. We could have been on that show. In the audience or as contestants? I think we would have been funnier audience members than contestants. Ooh, we'd make great judges. We'd make great judges. I like that you think bigger than I do. But did you notice that they mic'd some of the audience tables so people were forced to have stilted conversation (laughs) connected with the content of the sets? We'd be ready for that every time. I think you and I would have been ready. Do you want to break down the premise and setup of the show? Yes. So in this first episode, we see 10 comedians compete for six slots in order to proceed in the competition. We can go through all of the comedians as we talk through the show. One thing that's different is all of the comedians that they choose to feature are already a little bit famous in their own right, some way more than others. A lot of them have already had Comedy Central stand-up specials, shows on different networks, been featured on shows like Wild and Out and reality shows. And I think that prohibited our judges, Chrissy Teigen. Really, her name is pronounced Teigen. Is it really? Yeah. Her name is Chrissy Teigen. Why doesn't she correct people? Because everyone says Teigen. And so she said it's like too late. Basically, she said that there would be half of people who say Tigan properly and the other half would say Tegan. So it seems like for brand awareness, it's just easier for everyone to be Tegan. Her own husband calls her Tegan. She refers to herself as Tegan, but her name is Tigan. Dang, she's letting the majority decide how to pronounce her name. A very democratic judge. So she, Kenan Thompson, and Jeff Foxworthy are the judges and... As we see in this first episode, they don't have extremely negative things to say about everyone. One, because people are pretty established in their routines. So I would argue none of the routines were terrible, like you would find on American Idol or America's Got Talent, where they bring, you know, the best and the poorest acts. Yeah, no true amateurs on this show. No true amateurs. But I also think because these people already have pretty significant audiences, they feel compelled to say at least something nice about each of them. Mm -hmm. So you want to get into the acts? Sure. Should we mention the host? Oh, actually, that's kind of telling. Amanda Seals is funny. She has an HBO comedy special. She's on Insecure. She has the Small Doses podcast. She tours with her Smart, Funny, and Black show. And I went to her show in D.C. She sold out Kennedy Theater two or three nights in a row. That woman is, at this point, I would argue, a pretty prolific comedian. And she really fell to the background of this episode. She showed out in small moments between the act and introducing them to the comedians. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think maybe she has some to learn from other hosts on how to really take advantage of that 10 seconds or whatever it is of transition time in order to shine as much as possible. In this first episode, I kind of forgot she was there beyond her incredible top that she was wearing. Yeah, I think she's in a difficult position on shows like these. The host does only have 10, 15 seconds of transition. And most of that is just asking a question to the contestant. 
Yes. And so I think it's very hard for anyone to really stand out. And honestly, I think it's kind of a pointless role to have on these shows. They could just have a random voice from the sky introduce each contestant and it would all be fine. Have a producer backstage tell everyone when to come and on and off stage. You don't need someone physically there. That's why I think it's a skill you really need to build because there is no point to having an extra host in addition to the judges In addition to the contestants, like you said, in events, they call it the voice of God. You could just have a voice of God that says, and next we have so-and-so. And actually, Chrissy Teigen on Lip Sync Battle is a good example of someone who's a host who does little gimmicks between the acts that makes her not totally unnecessary next to LL Cool J, who is the more straightforward host, and the contestants. I think she shows out in her little moments in fun ways. And there are other people who have been famously hosts of things like Tom Bergeron or even someone like Ellen DeGeneres and Nick Cannon. And I think maybe Amanda Seals can learn from folks like that that have done it for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. to see how she can shine in those little moments. Because I think the reason that they have a host is just to squeeze as much fun and funny out of that hour as possible versus having a professional voice that just announces the next human. Yeah, it definitely adds potential for more fun and entertainment. Ooh, potential. If done correctly. If done correctly, yep. Okay, now enough about the host who we didn't really notice. (laughs) Let's dive right into our 10 acts this episode. Okay. So who was our first contestant, Me Too? So our first contestant was Matt Reif. He's been on TRL, Wild Now. He has 40,000 Twitter followers, 211,000 Instagram followers, So my man already has a pretty significant audience. He did a straightforward stand-up set, mostly about being hot and funny, which was interesting. Chrissy Teigen actually mentioned the fact that most comedians aren't known for being super handsome or hot. So it was interesting that he took advantage of that. Basically, his stand-up was about how he strikes people as the kind of guy who would go on a date with a woman and never call her back. Whereas he actually is overly emotional or cares too much or falls in love too easily with his chiseled jawline. Yes, he brought up his jawline, which was interesting. And Chrissy actually seemed to fall in love with him a little bit. They even brought John Legend out at the end of that segment because she called Matt her soulmate. Yeah, she liked getting flirted with. And she actually tweeted, I'm so old and thirsty, (laughs) which was funny. How did you like his set? I thought it was all right. Some of it was hit or miss for me. I think he really took advantage of his instant chemistry with Chrissy to get the judges to like him. And I think her reactions made him more entertaining, which actually could speak to his own ability to kind of work his audience well. So I see his appeal. I don't think personally I would attend his comedy show. No, I don't think his comedy is for me, but I agree. Crowd work is hard. And so the fact that he was both getting laughs on stage with his stand up, but also off stage with his interactions with the judges, that's big. Mm -hmm. The next contestants we had were Frangela. They're a comedy duo made up of Francis and Angela. They have 27,000 Twitter followers, 2,500 Instagram followers. They've been featured on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, other reality shows, and most famously, I believe, on VH1's Best Week Ever. Frangela's set involved them sitting in movie theater seats, having popcorn, and acting like 
two sassy women at the theater. I think their bit was very close to Regina Hall's iconic Brenda Meeks character in Scary Movie, that scene where she's in the movie theater screaming at the screen, and then the entire audience gets together to stab her. Very, very comedic moment. Frangela's, maybe not so much. They ended up doing well on the show, but I thought the pacing of that was a little weird to put right after a stand-up set. I think if they were the first or if they were after one of the longer form comedy sets, it wouldn't have been such an adjustment for me. But to go from the sort of joke per second model of the stand-up set that preceded them to that where you are more following a story than just joke, 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 maybe that would have been better. Yeah, it was a little jarring, but I did appreciate how elaborate their whole setup was with the seats. They dimmed down the lights. They had props. They even gave props to the judges. So they all had popcorn, drinks, and candy. So they really kind of put everyone in the mood for that setting. And they actually reminded me a lot of um, Statler and Waldorf from The Muppets. Yes. Two old men heckling from the balcony. So I like that kind of duo commentating approach that they had. It was entertaining. But like you said, having that come right after a traditional stand-up was a little weird. And I think they're naturally very funny. Their style of comedy is closer to my interests than the act that preceded theirs. So I I don't want to say that Matt's was better. It That literally wouldn't be the case for me. But the order was just a little bit odd. And then after that, we have Jared Fell. He is the closest I think we have to an amateur. He has nearly 3,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm naming the followers that everyone has for the record just to share how big their bases are, at least online. And he has 2,300 YouTube subscribers. And his whole set was centered around pickpocketing and being funny while pickpocketing. I thought it was funny for a very similar reason to Jeff Foxworthy. I just thought it was impressive that he was he was able that he was able to do magic and pickpocket and distract that guy and do those quick reveals while also telling some jokes. I just think the jokes needed to be a little bit funnier. But it was impressive that he could, you know, walk and chew gum and set fire to things at the same time. Like he was doing a lot of things at once. Yeah, I would compliment him on his magic skills. I do like magic performances. So the sleight of hand aspect was really cool. I didn't think it was that funny. And I think what made it work for the audience, this is just how I perceived it, is the random audience member he had come on stage with him. I think that guy was not thinking about what kind of comedy skit he walked into and that worked to his advantage. Are you saying the participant was funnier than Jared? No, no. I think he made it funny. Oh, yes. His innocence made it funny. I agree. Yeah. But also, I was going to say, I thought he was a little funnier than the... (laughs) I thought he was a little funnier than the jokes. Initiate. What? My wife ate two hamburgers. Initiate a bag of potato chips. Oh. (laughs) If our listeners want to laugh like me too, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Where you can find Bring the Funny hosts, Jeff Foxworthy, and Larry the Cable Guys, We've Been Thinking, among other comedians' books. <laughs> Just go to audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, comedies or not, and pick a title to download free and start listening. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the pilot pod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. Okay, I think we can group these next few because they did as well. Although I do want to pay special attention to one of them. Okay. So we have Armando Anto. He's a stand-up comedian and violinist. We have mm-hmm. Ian Lara. He is a stand-up comedian. He did that vacation couples joke that you and I especially laughed at, where when you go on vacation with your friends on a cruise, because everyone else is in matching costumes and outfits, you feel compelled not to mess up the vibe, so y'all turn into a couple. Mm-hmm. I loved that because you and I went on vacation together with some friends, and I felt like everybody was one big couple. I felt like we were a crew. Then we have Allie Colbert. She was a more straight-up stand-up comedian who actually ended up getting cool advice from Jeff Foxworthy about when to end her set. And then we have Harry and Chris, who were the ones I want to focus on, the world's greatest comedy (laughs) rap jazz duo. When I say that succession of words to you, what comes to your mind? That they're the only ones, therefore they're the greatest. So I guess that's the joke, right? Oh, that's part of the joke? Is 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 it a joke for them to say we're the world's greatest comedy rap jazz duo? Or is that a thing? I think that's their way of standing out. Like, we can call ourselves the greatest if we put ourselves in this niche genre of comedy. Okay, so now I love that. What are you and I the greatest at? We're the greatest judgy college friends reviewing TV pilot episodes on a podcast. And don't ever forget it, people. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing our luck, there's going to be some incredibly produced podcasts where two people consider themselves judgy who have been friends since college and they've also been friends for nearly 10 years like we have. And I know that time is coming. But will they be better than us? They won't be better. Exactly. I won't stand for it. I will say, going back to this whole section of contestants, it was very odd that they kind of sped through all of their acts in like the middle of this episode. Yeah, I can't tell if they were trying to be obvious in speeding through these acts that most of these people did not make it through to the next episode. Like, oh, we can get past Mm. these, you know? I think that is reasonable because... I'm very much of the opinion that this show is simply to give exposure to up and coming comedians. Yes. And so it doesn't really matter how much time they have, as long as their Instagram handle shows up on the screen and you see their face. Talk that talk, Rihanna. Because I saw in the commercial one of the Try Guys, Keith. Oh, yeah, they definitely don't need this. So he's in it just to get some exposure. I think Keith from the Try Guys is just there to get their Instagram handle on there so they can have even more millions of supporters. Mm-hmm. Which is smart. And I think he's the most immediately charming one for this audience of broadcast television. So maybe they just drew straws. It could have been all four of them, but he's the one I noticed in the commercial. So after we got through that sped through set, we have Mr. Zed, star of my nightmares. Also in the mid-90s, <laughs> he was the author and host of a television show. The Mr. Zed Show, which was broadcast by several TV stations across Europe, per Wikipedia. He also has 13,000 YouTube subscribers. And his set actually split Chrissy Teigen and Kenan Thompson's opinions on what they found funny, which I think was telling of where both of these people come from. So 
Keenan has been on SNL for a long time. Before that, he was a star on all that and the Keenan and Kel show. He is a fantastic comedian, but also I think comes from a more traditional world of comedy. So mm-hmm. he didn't find the robot man to be. Mr. Zed is basically a robot Barbie man, and Keenan didn't find him to be that funny. Whereas Chrissy Teigen, because her position as mayor of Twitter, I think helped get her this role, in addition to being charming and having a huge base. So because she is more of an internet humor person, I bet she found Mr. Zed really funny because that's the kind of thing that if you saw it online would make you laugh. Yeah, I think the challenge with him, with Mr. Zed, is that he has a gimmick. It's yes. robotic comedy style. And Keenan was concerned that that is all he can do. Jeff too. Yeah. So is he a one trick pony? Chrissy doesn't mind. She thinks it can keep being funny, just new jokes, but same delivery. So I think it really does just depend on, you know, what type of comedy you prefer. Do you like the more traditional kind? Do you like these gimmicks? Do you think you'll get bored of it? Those are the questions everyone has to ask themselves in regards to Mr. Zed. They commented on this. He really looks inhuman with his wig. Yeah, the plastic hair wig. And he was wearing body makeup because when he lifted up his sleeve, you could see his real skin tone deeper into his arm. So he even paints that fake Barbie tan on himself. So he just looks glossy and fake. And stays in character the whole time. Even when the judges were speaking to him, because I think that's when Jeff Foxworthy was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. Can we talk to the real you? And no, he doesn't exist. All right, we're on the last couple acts. First, we have JK Studios. They have 45,000 followers. Their bit was acting like a children's show singing group like the Wiggles, but a little bit more diverse. And they sang about conspiracy theories like the moon landing, a second moon, the Walmart in in Detroit. Flat Earth. And a bunch of other things. How did you like it? I did not. Okay. I definitely understand why people would think this is funny. I am never one to really like crude humor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And one of the big bits was that one of the members of the team was supposedly filling in for someone else with this red shirt. And he had like a beer belly that he was exaggerating. And that was like a big part of his comedy. I do think it was well rehearsed. Yes. uh, Because the timing was very important for slipping in each of the jokes with like more traditional things you'd hear on a children's show like I like to help my friends and I eat vegetables, but uh, not for me. What did you think? I get why Chrissy Teigen found it funny because Mm -hmm. she talked about watching kids shows like that all day. It's like that famous children's book that parodies other children's books and it's called Go the F to Sleep and it's paced like a children's book. So it's like the cows are marching, the zebras are zagging. The hay is blowing in the wind. Now go the F to sleep. I actually don't know what children's books say. I really hope you write this children's book that you're describing. Your version would be very entertaining. I really am just trying to say the things that are coming to my mind, and I don't know why. That's why I like your version better, because you know what? 
It's unexpected. And that is what's entertaining. Is that how I bring the funny? Yeah. JK Studios was not unexpected. That's a good point. So I was actually very surprised when Jeff Foxworthy said that he hadn't seen a comedy bit like that where people sing childish songs, but with mature themes. Mm. I personally don't get turned off by profane humor, so I didn't mind it, but it wasn't a surprise to me. And it's something I've seen before. So I was surprised to see such a successful comedian say that. That was the biggest surprise of the night. I think it shows that he and probably also Keenan like to stay in a very narrow space of the comedy world. Word. That's actually real. And then the last comedian we had was Orlando Leba. Hey, Lando. He has 5,000 Instagram followers, 2,000 Twitter followers. He just opened for Patton Oswalt. So he's on the rise on the more amateur side versus these other folks. And he did a set that involved a lot of HGTV humor, which Mm -hmm. again, I don't know if Jeff Foxworthy and I are cut from the same cloth, but that's the part of his set that I found most funny. Not necessarily that his jokes were amazing. I think it was clear from the judges' critiques that he needs to figure out how to get to the punchlines faster and figure out his rhythm faster. But anytime you talk about HGTV in a comedy act or in life, I'm engaged and I find it relatable. Yeah. What I liked about him is that he's definitely got hustle. I didn't think he was that funny, but even after his bit was over, he kept it going when the judges yeah. feedback. And I appreciated that, that he didn't stop. He was trying to get in that extra joke. True. He said that his wife laughs at Chrissy Teigen's humor and videos. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you know, win, lose, or draw. I just want to tell you my wife loves you. And then he made fun of her laugh. And I'm sure that's part of his set. Yeah. I'm sure imitating his wife's laugh is something he did this week when he opened for Patton Oswalt. So bonus points for sneaking in another joke. Unlike Mr. Zed, who creeped them out when he kept his set going. Oh, that's true. Sometimes it doesn't work if you keep it going. Sometimes <laughs> it does. It worked for Matt Reif, too. He and Chrissy actually ended up taking a prom-style photo for oh. <laughs> Bring the Funny's Twitter account. Good for him. So that was our 10 contestants. We are not going to spoil which six are going on to the next round. We don't spoil here. So how about we just kind of go into our final rating? Mama said, we're like, honey, we don't spoil. Because you know how honey does it. <laughs> okay. Beach, what would you rate NBC's Bring the Funny? I would rate Bring the Funny, would watch again while doing laundry. I don't go to comedy shows. And I don't watch like comedy specials on Netflix or anything. So for me, this could be some entertaining TV to have in the background. I think... Because I don't have a broad sense of humor, I know a lot of the contestants are going to be hit or miss. So it's something I'm not going to focus on completely. But there were definitely some funny acts. So just having it on the background could be good while I'm doing another task that isn't as interesting. That's fair. I expected as much from you. I'm actually surprised you would even watch that much. I would say for our listeners who are a little more into comedy like I am. I love comedy. I love stand-up. I love going to stand-up shows. And this show can have something for everyone. But I actually agree with your rating. I would have something else going. This is something I envision myself watching maybe while I cook or put away laundry or whatever it is because 
there were some acts that just weren't for me. And I would love the opportunity to tune out during those and come back in. I would also suggest if you're not interested in seeing new people or new experiences, checking the lineup to see when your person is going to be on. So if you're Mm -hmm. obsessed with the Try Guys, look up when Keith is going to be on. Or if you're obsessed with JK Studios, today was your day. So that's my recommendation. You don't care who wins the final grand prize? Honestly, my favorite jokes were in the sped through set. So, no, there isn't anyone that I'm dying to see. But I am excited to see what's coming next. Well, if you want to find other shows that we recommend, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. Please bring the funny, email us your favorite jokes, as well as suggestions for shows we should review, and feedback and questions. And anything else, ooh, weird dreams you're having. I know some people are anti-hearing about dreams, but I've been having a really weird moment with my dreams as of late, and I'd love to know if anyone else is experiencing that, to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Aorta. What? Aorta mow the lawn at the baseball field. <laughs>